I want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so you can have it be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, plus many more. You can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my friend of very many years, Daniela Buda, on the line today. Daniela, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Um, I think it's really funny. We were just discussing off air how long we've known each other, but why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll we'll kind of dive into the, the backstory. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, so I'm Daniela. Um, I am the host of In Short Supply, uh, which is a podcast. Um, I like to affectionately call it a dumpster fire, but <laughs> most people don't appreciate that. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm kind of saying in, 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 in an endearing way. I'm a little bit, I mean, I, I'm very self-deprecating, like in my humor, um, which is not popular among my friends. But Really, in short supply is kind of like that conversation with your friend that is almost like yours where like you have that wrong advice that you're I mean, which is kind of a pun, but like, you you know, people come to you, they want to talk to you about things. And it's the same for me, I kind of use the podcast as like, this like stream of consciousness, let's just talk about what's going on. I really like to talk about the things that people don't like to talk about. Mm, so like ditto. body image issues, anxiety, uh, you know, feeling depressed, having bad days, like nobody talks about that. For sure. So, right. And I think that like social media is very much a highlight reel of like, I'm only going to show you what I want you to see. Whereas I'm like, oh, I'm going to show you everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I started that podcast about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. um, which is super fun. So, and it, I really started it as um, a, a way for me to listen to people better. I, I, I think we all kind of like talk to each other and we don't listen and we're just like waiting for our turn to Ooh, talk when yeah. someone's talking. So like you latch on to something they said and you're like, I have a, you know, I have a, a story that goes along with that or I can relate to it. And I don't think it's malicious. Um, but I, I started the podcast to learn how to listen better. Um, very much still a work in progress, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did that. And then in my real life, I'm a teacher of eighth grade uh, English, which is just as fun as you can imagine it to be. I mean, I, I, uh, not to interrupt you, but I absolutely love my yeah, eighth grade English teacher. It, her name is Miss Giordano, and we are Facebook friends, and she hypes wait. me up online all the time. I love her. She's the best. Is she still a teacher? Don't know. Not sure. Okay, because I had a supervisor. When I was in college, and her name was Giordano. From What's her Sussex? first name? Ooh. Um, is it Susan? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Sue. Yeah. Wait, that was my supervisor. Oh my god, when I was short in little Italian like, brunette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, oh my god, this is world. so weird. <laughs> okay, so this is actually perfect because wait, that's like blowing my mind right now. She was the nicest person on the earth. best. Yeah. When I was at, when I was in college, she I guess was like an adjunct for like supervising education students so she would come into 
I did my um, field work at James Caldwell High School. So oh, she no would kidding. come in to yeah, she would come into the high school and like observe me and like you know grade me, and then that's she you know she was really nice to me. But she was amazing. I, yeah. That's how I became a teacher. It's that's so crazy. That leads very well into how we know each yes. other. For geez, I. I, I I've, it has to be like 10 years. It's close. It it's it's like seven, eight years. Um, as I've discussed un- an unfortunate amount of times on the podcast, I used to write for websites like Elite Daily and Thought Catalog. I think and that's unfortunate. <laughs> reading back the work is unfortunate. <laughs> Maybe not the experience. The experience was great. Growth. Um, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll use that word. <laughs> um, so I wrote an article, went kind of viral, and you DM'd me. We became friends. It was super random because we we're both from New Jersey. And uh, tell me it from your perspective how the whole thing kind of came up to be, and like how yeah. we've now been friends for like seven years or eight. Whatever. Okay. So first, I'm gonna just like do a little bit of a clarification. <laughs> I DM'd you not in a. Um, in a gross way. Oh, was, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. I'm just oh, no, yeah. Just it wasn't kidding. like. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't like, hey. Yeah. Be like, oh my God, you're so okay. hot from your non existent <laughs> bio picture. No, it was like, I read your article. It was so good and you said such nice things. I was like, this is a very nice person. Oh, thanks. You're well, okay. So let's rewind. Eight years. It had to be about eight years ago because it was like 2013, I think, or yeah. 2012 around gross. then. So long ago. I can't even think about that time in my life which is so funny because I mean personally at that time which I don't even know I I can't I I could probably find the message that I sent you but again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna (laughs) open up wounds yeah no wounds it's all positive yeah well okay so around the time that that article came out it was uh why chivalry is dead from a man's perspective was that the title of it Yep. something like that I didn't come up with the title I What'd you say? I did not come up with the title. <laughs> you didn't? No. So the, the Elite Daily process was pretty... Uh, you write the article, you come up with like what you want the title to be, and then they make it as clickbaity as possible so that people would read it. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, no, I, would no, never, sure. I would never have written something from a man's perspective, and I am using air quotes because it's so douchey. The article's right, douchey like reading like it back Lama. now. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Like... <laughs> I'll just go fuck myself, please. <laughs> but yeah, um, sorry to go ahead. Like, here's why I'm an expert. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so I read the article, and I think at the time it like really resonated and like not triggered me because that wasn't like the, the the buzzword then, but like it really got me because right around that time I went through the hardest breakup mm-hmm. I had ever gone through. Yep, um, it was so almost like demoralizing in a way. And it was like that first love bullshit and how you, you know, you really like make somebody your whole self and identity. Mm -hmm. I was also 19 or 20 at the time. So, you know, very much not secure in myself, very much wanting um, like that outside like gratification from other people. But I think the article itself was kind of almost like, like a security blanket, if that makes sense. Like you read it and you're like, wow, maybe it's not me that, you know, is, is asking for too much. Or maybe I, you know, I think you said really well in the article that like women needed to be better about like, 
having higher standards and not accepting a bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, at the time I, I was accepting a bare minimum from the previous boyfriend who, as I mean, most sure of us do a, when we're young, right? You know, right. Like, you don't know. You're like, Oh, you're giving me the slightest bit of attention. And it's, it's when it's convenient for you. And you know, right. So like, I mean, I could get, this could be a whole other episode of just like <laughs> sold dating someone who like you're you're trying to like save this person into like liking you and it it doesn't work (laughs) spoiler alert it never works out (laughs) it does Um, in the end with someone else well yeah of course (laughs) well yeah now i'm married and and that's that's a whole other crazy story but um i read the article and i had reached out to you because i was in such a bad place and it was kind of just like hey keep writing and and that's exactly what what i needed to to read and and to kind of like think about within myself of like i'm not asking for too much but i i am kind of like accepting the love that i think i deserve yeah so um so yeah i reached out to you we had a, a really good conversation we started following each other on you know social media and things like that and we've kind of just been like chugging along and continuously like talking to each other for the past eight years and we've actually never met each other in person isn't that the craziest thing i think it's funny because that is the reoccurring theme of my podcast although like now since like i'm i'm trying to make a more conscious effort of like these people who like play a quote-unquote digital like role in my life like trying to like incorporate them into my actual physical life which you know in the last year hasn't exactly been the easiest um but like uh, i had i did a podcast episode a few months ago with uh, a friend of mine freya who similarly we became friends via my article and blah blah blah, and she's an irish girl living in new york and then we met for the first time to record the podcast so you know i know we're doing this digitally but like that you know next step is beers you know at at a bar somewhere and 100 percent yeah yeah. We'll do a live recording in, in like real real life, but it is I funny. Think that's a great idea. I, I, it is funny because we have known each other for a long time. We've like been, you know, I, I feel like we've had, had like one of those relationships where like I've always asked you like opinions on things, like from a relationship yeah. perspective, because that's kind of like how our friendship started. You were kind of telling me like what you were going through, and then I was like relating and and blah blah blah. And you've always been someone who like even though we've never met, like we've always been able to have like a pretty decent like. uh conversation about you know what we're going through and 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 it's been nice you know i've, I've appreciated it for sure oh i appreciate that and, I, and likewise i mean it's funny because you know you you don't realize like you you know when you're kind of just like going through the motions of your life you don't realize the effect that people have on you or that you have on other people and i think when you actually sit down and and, and discuss like hey eight years ago that was really important what you said or or that stuck with me and I remembered it or even now eight years later like look how far we've come and like you've still been this constant I just feel like we don't give people their flowers while they're still here and and that's like something that I've learned through so many hard times where it's like I I mean not to like get on my soapbox or anything but like I grew up with a with my dad who has been sick my entire life and like that actually really made me think about all the time like don't don't be an asshole like Mm -hmm. you don't know what you have and when I was 15 my best friend was killed by a drunk driver and it's like you know you all of these like these things that during your formative years you don't realize are like the stepping stones to like 
being present now. And like, listen, I'm not, I mean, there's many days where I spend four hours scrolling through, you know, <laughs> social media Same. and I'm not like this, That's like okay. holier than now, like, yeah. you know, Oh, you always have to be present because I'm not, but no, no, I appreciate that. I I'm, mean, it's the recognition true, of it. Yeah. I'm a true believer in giving people their flowers while they are here. I love because that. I'm stealing I that. never, I'm stealing. Yeah. It. That's so good. Yeah. Well, you can, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I'm the first person to ever say that. No, I know. Um, I will credit you though. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, <laughs> the sponsorships will just roll in. <laughs> um, no, but I think that it's so big because I, I, it's, you know what? It's actually become so second nature to me that people are like surprised by it. Like if I'm hanging out with a friend and we're, you know, having drinks or having lunch or whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm so happy that we're here together today. Or like, you know, thanks for meeting up with me. Or um, the other day I said to my my good friend, I was like, you're one of my best friends. Like I said it to their face. We never do that. Mm-hmm. And it can be off-putting to people. They're like, okay, like, do you have something you need to tell me? Yeah, right. Is there like this? Something you know, has to be wrong like, for you right. to be and I'm like, overtly. Yeah, I just think yeah. that, I, I mean, I, I will be the first to say that I need to be better at doing it with like family. I think that's one thing that we all kind of like, they're this constant in our life and, and we don't really necessarily remember a time without them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you should maybe tell your, your parents something or your brother or your, you know, for me, even my husband, I'm just like, you know, you're this constant that's been in my life for almost eight years where it's like, you know, Oh, I think I should take credit then. Oh, I think I should. Yeah, yeah I met. I introduced I you guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was you. I connected with my husband uh, right after I think your article. So in two, in the very beginning of 2014. Wow. So that's awesome. Maybe I realized my worth, or or maybe. It was oh, just I really love that. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 99.9 percent timing. I will take 0.01 percent. Fine. Yeah. That's those are fair odds. I, I'm I'm into that. We uh you know it's funny, we had our first date at um the Cloverleaf Tavern. Oh nice. That's my spot. I'm there all, I mean like Is it? Not, oh my god, that's so funny. Not in like the I haven't last been year. Back since. Yeah, it's been oh really? Oh my god. Yeah. That was eight almost eight years ago. Jeez, well you're missing out. I uh the buddies of mine who do the Beer You Are podcast, they uh they just did a live recording with, uh, I think, America the Brutiful uh, podcast, and they were at Cloverleaf. They introduced, uh, they interviewed the owner. It was pretty cool. But we, we've been going there since like right after college, um, doing the MBAs and the PhDs, and just drinking so many different kinds of beers. Um, but that's <laughs> funny. That's, I mean, that's like such a. You guys got to go back. It's the best place. I know we sure. don't go because you know what? I don't go up there anymore yeah. because I there's really no reason to. But. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I went to college up there, so it was like Cloverleaf. I'm going to like really say some, some suspicious places, but like, um, <laughs> Cleveland's. Ringside. Yeah. Nice. Cleveland's. Is that it? Are they even still there? Ringside um, is Cleveland's RIP passed away many years ago. Um, yeah. Well, probably because I was going there when I was 18. Probably. And not 21. Um, Oh my gosh, you know how many times I I went there that like the police like raided the place? Like more more times I think I At went there more times where it was raided than when it wasn't. And we would all just be like, well It's funny. Sorry. I'll tell you a funny Cleveland story. So it was called Suburban Tavern in like two thousand fourteen or so. So I do this thing every year where for Lent, um, in addition to giving something up, I take something on. So like I've learned the guitar, um, I started photography, um, 
And for this one Lent year, I gave up drinking and became a bartender for 40 days. It was miserable, but I happened to do it at the old Cleveland's and, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good times. I love that. You, uh, I just had a thought. Go ahead. Do you, there's a very likely possibility that we were probably at Cleveland's at the same time and we probably didn't even know. Thousand percent. Yeah. I pro- but so you're like incredi- you're incredibly short, so I probably just accidentally yeah. Oh no, right above you, you can't and- find me. <laughs> you cannot find me. Yeah. There's that's actually like a plus in my life where I can very literally fly under the radar and people don't know, and yeah. I'm just like I'm just gonna you blend go in to the and- front here. <laughs> my favorite thing. Um, you brought something up that I think is kind of important to you know relapse and and uh, sure. retouch on um, about how like you know we we've got these uh, platforms and whatever you want to call it podcasts where. Um, I, I'm guilty of this where like I say a lot of things, a lot of feelings that I have about like what I want out of my life and where I've come. And like, you, you know, you mentioned how, you know, I don't want to be on a soapbox and whatnot, but like, I think it's nice that we, and in you know my case, I've been able to be more cognizant of the things that I've like done good and bad in my life. And like you mentioned, spending four hours scrolling mindlessly on Instagram or TikTok, whatever. Yeah, I'm guilty of that as well. But I also try to do a lot more. And I think that it is relatable for people to get caught in those loops and not so relatable for people who want to kind of do more. Like the nine to five, go to work, come home. It's just not really like that fulfilling. And I've grown so much in just the last few years that I, you know, I appreciate that you kind of like relate in the same manner. And that's like just another reason why I think our friendship works because we, we are similar in that, like we want more, even though like we, you know, I can give you opinions on your relationship and I'm not in one and I can give you opinions on your marriage and I'm not married and I can give you opinions on things and they could be my thoughts and my feelings. I don't need to be an expert on them. And I think similarly, you're the same way. Well, yeah, and I I think you said it perfectly. Like, you're not an expert, but who is? You know, like, I think that that's that's so big that everyone kind of has this disclaimer of, like, I'll give you this advice or I'll I'll talk to you about this thing, but I'm no expert. If I wanted expert advice, I would become the expert. Like, I think that there's such, yeah, I think there's such things, uh, magic in, like, I'm in the trenches with you. And I think that's super important because having a platform Like, I never want to get to the point where I'm like, I know everything. And here's (laughs) how I'm going to now tell you how to live your life. Like, I, I would 100% agree with you that we both are, are pretty unapologetic in the fact that we do want more. And I think I say unapologetic, because so many people very guiltily will be like, yeah, this is my, you know, job, or this is my whatever. But on my own and it's 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 this like you know shameful thing yeah right where i like shout from the rooftops many things about myself like i have a podcast that i love and i'm so proud of but it also is like i'm sure you can agree very vulnerable like you have to really put yourself out there and that you know that comes with its own struggle i talk i will literally scream from the rooftops that i go to therapy like this is something that i don't think people want to talk about and it's it actually like kind of pisses me off because i'm like who do you think you're fooling in the sense of like you have it all together like yeah well come on we're all we're all faking it no yeah it's uh 
it, it it's like the job thing, like everyone fakes it till they makes it, and then like the life thing, like like you mentioned off air, like Instagram is a highlight reel. It's not like real, 100%. right? I don't post like the sad shit, the days that I'm depressed, the days that I'm like not feeling myself. Like, you know, I struggle with imposter syndrome when it comes to my photography. And, you know, I second guess myself like on an hourly minute by minute basis, but that's completely normal. And like anyone who, it is normal. yeah, anyone who could pretend otherwise is, is not, they're just kidding themselves. Um, Agreed. For, for sure. Agreed. I think imposter syndrome, and I've talked about this on one of my episodes on my podcast um, it's such a real thing. And I, I do think that imposter syndrome is like, like hatched from social media because you're like, okay, I'm doing this thing, but look at this person who's doing it better than me oh, or, yeah. or look at, or, Hey, you know, I'm a teacher and, and that itself in and of itself comes with a lot of imposter syndrome because you're surrounded by people who are doing the exact same thing as you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and I, I really, you know, I've been teaching for six, seven, six or seven years, but it's like, you know, even every day it's like, Oh, oh, you know, uh, but what about that teacher or with the podcast, you know, you look at, I really try not to look at, you know, the analytics. I really try not to look at the uh, followers because, you know, it's, that's not the reason that you, that I started it. It wasn't to become, you know, a a professional podcaster, Mm -hmm. but I think that, um, there, there's so much in, in, in imposter syndrome because of other people. It's not because of us. It's oh, because sure. of people who, you know, and I, I, I really just try to like push through that feeling because then you will never do anything. And oh, I yeah. think that nine to five, well, for me, it's, it's a little bit different. If I, ta- <laughs> if I taught till five o'clock, I would, I would die. Um, <laughs> not trying to be dramatic, but I would die. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, um, I, I I do love my job on, on on most days, but I would be lying to you if I said that that's originally what I wanted to do with my life. Sure. And I think that that is that's a really hard feeling to reconcile because I think that <clears throat> excuse me when it comes to your dreams, like you know when you one of my first first or second episodes that I did on my podcast going back was like we stopped believing in ourselves a really long time ago because if we all were, you know, true to our, our inner child or or whatever and said, Hey, I'm actually going to pursue the thing that I wanted to do when I was a kid. Like I think all uh, the majority of us, generally speaking, would have very different careers. Oh, for sure. And we we all got like snuffed out at a certain age. Like I, you know, it's not that it's funny, but it is kind of funny that if you would have asked me, I don't know, maybe even like 15 years ago, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answer wasn't a teacher. Sure. So it's, you know, and then, you know, I think right when I started going to college or, you know, deciding to go to college, it was like, well, I better figure it out because, yeah. it's, you know, you can't actually follow your dream. <laughs> I talk about this That's a lot. Yeah. I talk about this a lot on my podcast because it's only till, you know, super later in life in the last you know, let's call it five years that I've found the things that like legitimately make me happy. And that's photography. And that's this podcast. And neither one of them are monetarily fulfilling. And I don't give a shit. I will spend more time taking pictures and interviewing people and having these conversations for zero dollars than anything else. Because like, 
on the flip side, last year was the most monetarily successful year of my life. I had a job for six months. I got laid off in COVID. I started my own company. I crushed it. I did great. I am no happier then than I was unemployed seven years ago when I got laid off on another job. Like, you know, I've learned very in the last 12 months that I can make myself happier doing things that don't necessarily have to pay my bills. You can find the thing that makes you the money that you need to survive and then still right. be able to fill your time up with doing a million other things. And you don't learn that in college and you don't get taught that in high school. They don't, they don't prepare you for a life outside of get your degree and make your money. And then what else you do is totally up to you. But no. I got, I got caught in a trap in my twenties where I was making a lot of money and I was just buying more shit and I was, you know, going to clubs and getting bottle service and like doing all these things that I thought were like, oh, this is like what you do when you're in your 20s. And like, I look back now and I'm like, so fucking stupid. Like, who's I trying to pretend to be? Yeah. It's like I, 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 I'm listening to you and I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you really sit there, you're like, did I even want to do that? I mean, like, like a part, partly yes. You know, th it's not like I, it was all sad. Like, I mean, getting drunk and no, club with, with your friends is fun. But like, well, I, when I, you're I, 21, yeah. you're like, this is the life. Now I'm like, uh, not one part of me wants to do that. But I think, I think you're a hundred percent right when you're saying that. Like, we're never taught to, or or even like, it's never even a conversation of like do what actually makes you happy because at, I think when, when you're 18 happiness and like, you know, sustainability are not the same thing. Sure. Um, and I think that when you're 18, your, your happiness doesn't come from the things that now make you happy when you're in your thirties. I For think, sure. you know, it's not I, even, it's, I was sorry to interrupt you. It's not even that it's not encouragement. Least. It's that, we're not given the opportunity to explore ourselves. It is, you need to nope. get these grades so that you can get into this university so that you can get this job, but you're never, it's just this yeah, yeah. And then My, uh, you, you end up, sorry, tw you end up 28, 30, like, cool. I've got all this shit. <laughs> what else is there? Like, I've got a lot of stuff. It's cool stuff. But like, you know, if my house burns down, I, I, have, I have nothing. <laughs> right. I think that these, like, you know, these, uh, these things I, I, I want to come up with a better word but yeah like when you buy something and you're like "Ooh, I have this thing now whether it's you know for me I remember my first job I was making you know good money in the sense that I was 16 living at home and had no expense like I had sure. nothing I didn't have to pay for anything besides my car and the clothes that you know I I wanted to wear which brings me to my point I would go to um, the mall and I would go to express and I would spend $60 on a shirt. Yeah. And thinking about, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm so great. Like I, <laughs> I look at me like money is not an object. Whereas now I'm like, you're the first of all, that shirt was probably hideous. Yeah. Second of all, well, it's like, from express. So yeah. Right. Like, can we not? <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, this is what you do. Like you now have a job and you buy the things that are going to make you feel better. Um, and it's like, well, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know, but it's, it's very much like, I, I also grew up with immigrant parents. So my parents were born in Italy, came to this country when they whoa, were teenagers. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, are you a child of immigrants as well? No, I'm not. But my grandmother was born in Italy and my great, all, all, all my great grandparents were. 
Yeah. But I do well, hey, I do counts. remember that. Yeah, no, I know I know it counts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like I give you permission that, that counts. Um but yeah, you grow up with these these values and and it's very much a work ethic value. Like you work hard and then you can reap the benefits of of, of working hard. And it's never work hard but also enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. I um I have a, a very hardworking dad and I, he now enjoys his life, but that's after um, 45 years of just like grinding. And when he was 45, um, he got extremely sick and he needed a kidney transplant. And it was only after that, that the, I feel like his perspective like totally changed and he still works and he's still very successful. And, you know, he, he's, able to do the things and, and live in abundance and and, ha- and enjoy his life. But it's, I think his philosophy of like live first mm-hmm. really changed after he got sick. Yeah. And it's a shame that it took that to like, well, it's a shame that that's make a shift for our family. Yeah. It's a shame that that's what it always takes. It's never like a great yeah. thing that, you know, is a cata- catalyst for people to make a, you know, dramatic change in their life. It's never yeah, like, it's when something yeah, it's like when there's a pandemic and you're like, wow, I really wish I had spent more time with my family. Wow. I wish I had spent more times with my friends. Wow. I wish I spent more time telling people I love them because there's yeah. no guarantees. And like, that's right. what you learn with age because when you get older, things just get taken from you, people, places, things, etc. Mm-hmm. And no one prepares you for that. No one teaches you that you learn that with time. But it is unfortunate, and I've said it a million times on this podcast, that it is later in life that I've found my passions and my loves. And, like, whatever. If I was doing it 15 years earlier, I might have quit at some point. You know, maybe you find the things at the point in your life when you're supposed to. Um, Which brings me to my first question for you is, what made you a year and a half ago start your podcast? Good question. Um, So... (laughs) Again, I'm going to bring out my dad. Um, my dad, a couple years ago, bought a like a studio microphone, right? Not this one that I'm using today, but like he bought one for the sole purpose of singing karaoke, recording himself, and then like listening to it back. Oh my god, I, um, love, I love that. He's a he's a great time. My dad is a great time. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, now, you know. I don't think that I was like formally introduced to my dad until I was like 18 because he was so serious. Um, where now he's totally not, but he bought this microphone. He's like a little kid, you know, he used it for like a week and then it was like collecting dust in the corner of his office. And, um, I had gotten married, uh, in August of 2019. And while I was, of course, extremely happy to be, marrying my husband and and having all of these good things happening. Personally, I was really, really struggling with anxiety, um, you know, bouts of depression. And it was really because I was feeling like I wasn't like living up to my potential. And I, I didn't want to start this next chapter of my life in this like slump, so to speak. And um, I was really surrounding myself with um, the constant people in my life who are amazing and, and I'm so grateful for, but there were also a lot of toxic people in my life. And I was very much allowing them to kind of call the shots. Hmm. And I knew that I had to make a change. And I was like, okay, what is something that you've always wanted to do, but 
you know, never actually thought you were like good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, which is probably extremely obvious at this point, um, one thing that I love to do is talk. And it's always Same. been this like <laughs> sore point in my life where I've, I've always heard like, oh, she talks so much. She's too much. She talks a lot. You can't get a word in like, and it's always been this really, really negative connotation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to make this into a positive thing for me because it was almost like an insecurity where I, I constantly felt like I had to like become smaller and diminish and not, I would go to events or social, you know, gatherings or whatever. And on the way there, be telling myself in my head, like, don't talk so much and make sure other people talk and, and only speak when you're spoken to and don't. And it was really, really like, bad to to tell yourself not to be you yeah it's minimizing so yeah i was very very much like just really trying to like shrink myself into like the smallest room possible and not like fit the room that i was in so i was like okay how do i change this and, and actually like start to like myself a little bit and um and not be afraid to to be myself and i said okay well what do people who love to talk do for a living? They are radio hosts or they're talk show hosts or whatever. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> I'll, you know, I can do this on my own. And so I, I originally had started with that idea of, you know, accepting myself for, for being the talker that I am. Like I will talk to anyone, anytime, anywhere. If I'm in the grocery store, like waiting in line, like, <laughs> We're about to have a connection. Like, you don't know it yet, but I, and I think that. it's like this, this, I'm very, very empathetic. And it's, I always think of it as a good thing. My husband is very much like, too much. He, he loves it, but he's like, you need to let people like that person's fine over there. You don't need to cry about them because they're eating alone. I'm like, do you think I should go sit with them? Um, I would be lying to you if I said that I haven't done that before, but, um, That's sweet though. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Um, But I started with that idea. And then, like I had mentioned, I was really struggling with truly listening to people. I think, you know, and I don't remember if this was on air or off air, but I had said to you, you know, we spend a lot of our times in conversation, not actually listening to the person who's talking to us, but just waiting for our turn to Mm -hmm. talk. Like there's going to be this like little you know, lull, and then you can kind of pounce and, and, and give you give that person the bullet points of what you wanted to say, because they said, Oh, I went to, you know, the the Taylor Swift concert, you know, two years ago, and it was awesome. And you could be like, I was there too. And here's my experience. And and here's why I love her more than you love her and like, really make it about you and not actually about the person that you're talking to. And I found myself doing it all the time. And I do think it's because I am an empathetic person that I want the person I'm speaking to, to know that I relate to you too. And and here's where I'm coming from, but it can come off as like, not, yeah, yeah, really douchey. And I never want to be like that. And it's a work in progress, but um, originally the plan was to be unapologetic about my love of, of talking and also learn how to listen to people. And then it very quickly changed when COVID hit because 
well, I wasn't going to be interviewing a lot of people and, you know, having these, these conversations because at the time, what was there to talk about besides the fact that we were all at home, we were all struggling with being at home and we didn't know there was no end date. There was no like, okay, at this point in time, this is when life is going to go back to normal. So, so the podcast changed because I had to change. So it was, you know, it still had those, those like foundational things, but it really was like, Hey, let's talk about the struggle. Let's talk about being in the trenches right now. And I think the, the cherry on top is I always like to ask people, like, what do you think we in society are like in short supply of in this moment? But then also what are you in short supply of? Because I don't think we, we take the time to talk about real things. I think we, we love to talk about Scratch the things the that we're, yeah, we're really, we're really good at being like, this is what I'm, you know, killing right now. This is, I'm awesome at doing these things. And, and I'm, you know, uh, look at how amazing I am. But if I were to ask you, like, what are you in short supply of right now? You would have to really dig deep and be like, well, uh, I don't like that question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I really am mindful about um, my podcast or my social media with in short supply of the good, the bad and the ugly. Like, I think highlight reels uh, in your about your life are, are good you know, when they need to be. But I think that people have way more of a respect for you when you can say like, hey, I couldn't get out of bed today. Mm -hmm. Or I, you know, I spent 20 minutes scrolling Instagram and now I feel like garbage because of it. And and as a, as a woman, and I don't want to be insensitive because I know men deal with insecurities and and things of that nature and they are not allowed to talk about it because it's not you know appropriate in society to talk about your feelings as a guy um you know i think with women we compare ourselves to others minute by minute it's it's so oh my god it's so hard but exhausting i I imagine oh my god it's so exhausting but i'm the first person to be like hey I'm having a hard time looking in the mirror today. Like, you know, you have to be able to do that because who am I kidding? If, if, you know, I'm like me, perfect. Amazing. You know, I don't, I don't think that people respect that as much as we used to. I think think maybe 15 years ago, I would be like, Oh, I aspire to be, you know, just like a Victoria's secret model and perfect. (laughs) And that's who I value. And now I'm like, yeah. If I ever say that, it's because I'm being held hostage <laughs> and someone's telling me to say that, and that's a cry for help. Like, <laughs> right, you know no, to come get me. Put that in the show notes <laughs> to remember for next time. Um, I think you obviously said a ton of things that are super important, and what one of the reasons why I like having these conversations on my podcast is I like to know where people are at in their life and how they got there, um, whether yeah. it's a photographer who's shooting with major brands, whether it's an actress who's working on uh, TV shows and stuff, because I think you can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been and you learn so much about yourself over time and you know you mentioned the thing where when you're having conversation with someone you don't do a good enough job listening it's because you're always ready for the thing that you want to say and i'm guilty of that as well and part of that probably is social media because you know we are all the stars of our own show even though you know not a whole lot of people watch it but we are all the the stars of our own show and 
well, the thing I have to say is more important than the thing you have to say. So you need to get through what the hell you're trying to get out so I can tell you mm-hmm. about the thing that I'm trying to relate to you about. And it's like probably 50% empathy and 50% like uh, conceit. And I've started yeah. doing a, a much better job of trying not to do that. And really, it happens more when I'm drunk because I'm just like excited about having these conversations with people. But <laughs> I do, I, I'm so guilty of it. I was thinking, I was doing it while you were talking. I was like, oh, okay, I could jump about that. I could do about that. And then it's like, no, just like listen, like let the conversation end yeah. and then allow myself to interject with the summarity or whatever of, <laughs> of, right. of what my feelings are. Um, but yeah, I mean, you starting your podcast is one of the first, um, inspirations I had for the ill, uh, faded, uh, daily ramble podcast that I was doing with my brother because right. I have always consumed a ton of podcasts and I, and I love the medium. I think it's just, uh, you know, I listened to radio growing up, going to and from school and, and at the gym and stuff. And I've found podcasts to be just the most, uh, high, you know, the most consumed media that I have on my phone on like a daily basis usually. Um, and then I saw you start a podcast and I remember we were talking about it, you know, probably close to two years ago. I was like, Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Like I definitely want to do that. And then my buddy started their beer podcast. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. And we, and I'm here. And these have been some of the most rewarding conversations that I've had with, you know, people who I consider friends for eight years that have never met. And like the, but it's, it's funny, but it's also true because you also like, you know, I, I tell everyone after I hang up with the conversations that like, oh, you're on my podcast. We're family now. It's like we, you're able to have these kind of open and, uninterrupted conversations with people that you don't ordinarily have a chance to. And like you said, we have such a really unfortunate, uh, you know, process of scratching the surface of conversations with our friends and family. And you don't get an opportunity to say like, Hey, like, yeah, I was depressed yesterday. I couldn't get out of bed or, you know, I woke up this morning and, you know, I, I just was a mess. Like nobody says these things to their, you know, their friends. And like, it's unfortunate. And like, I've only now reached the place where I can, have these conversations with people and be like, you know, when someone says, how are you? Not like, Oh, I'm great. It's like, no, you know what? My dog died like a month ago. Like I'm not doing so good. Like I miss my dog. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like I don't have to pretend to be anybody more because it starts with the fact that I'm the most comfortable version of myself than I've been in my entire life. And my question would then be, is it similarly for you? You, You've reached this point in your, in your life. And is it, you know, how much of that is self growth? How much of that is like therapy? How much of that is like, you've, you've ticked a lot of boxes. You know, you're married, you've got a great job. You've got an awesome hobby with your podcast, you know, looks like you own your own home. Like how, how much of that like process is kind of like informed where you're at today? Well, I think it's so interesting because as you're asking me that, I'm like kind of like going back in my brain of, okay, when all of these good things were happening, you know, on paper, yeah, that would instill like, yeah, I'm super comfortable with with who I am, but it it totally wasn't. So I do have a great job. I got a, I was super lucky to get a teaching job right out of college. Not many people can say that. Mm -hmm. I got married. Um, you know, I got married in 2019. I've been, I've been with my husband since 2014. We've known each other since 2007. So like, there's, you know, there's a lot that has kind of gone on in obviously all of that time. Um, we bought our house in 2018. Like, yeah, all of these, like checking the boxes, like I've done the things that people want in their life or are currently trying to do in their life or have done. And I did it at a relatively young age. Um, we, I bought 
I, we bought this house um, when I was 25. Wow. So it's like, yeah. And you know what? But that like, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in like, this isn't a race. So like, don't, you know, I have friends who are still living with their parents or, you know, in an apartment or whatever. And they're like, oh, I want what you have. And I'm like, don't compare your beginning to my middle because it took so much to even be able to do this. Like we, my husband and I worked so hard to be able to, you know, do what we're doing now. And it wasn't like this easy thing that we were like, okay, we're 25 now, let's buy a house. Like we bought our house and got married in the same year. And we did that, you know, with uh, help, of course, in the wedding aspect or whatever, but like uh, majority, we paid for it ourselves. And we, we yeah. had made that decision when we were 20 and, and dating, we kind of knew where it was going and we're like, we're not gonna, you know, rent an apartment and we're going to really save. I had three jobs at one point just to be, you know, because I knew what we knew what we wanted. And that was the hard work where people only see the end result mm -hmm. of a 25 year old buying a house. So yes, there was, you know, there's pride in, in those things, but um, starting the podcast, check, you know, checking the boxes of having a job right out of college and buying a house, getting engaged, getting married, starting a podcast, becoming, you know, uh, I'm using air quotes, but like <laughs> popular in, uh, in the podcast platform, ideally on paper, you would be pretty confident in yourself. Mm -hmm. Not the case at all. I started this podcast and I was in such a bad place. So uh, there's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of imposter syndrome, like you said. And I think the shift for me really started um, in a couple of different ways. I think I, I it's, it's kind of cutthroat, but like I cut out a lot of people in my life who were no longer ever going to be happy for me or supportive. And that's really tough because you have to, you have to set that boundary, even though it comes with immense heartbreak. Uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, get rid of toxic people in your life and set boundaries and, you know, only be true to yourself. Yeah. All of that. Totally. But nobody talks about how hard it's going to be for you to maintain that and not break your own heart because mm. you're letting go of friends. You're letting go of family members. Like nobody talks about when you cut off a family member who isn't nice to you, that you're never going to go to Thanksgiving again. Mm. Like that, that's the, that's the toughest part. So there was a lot of that, a lot of growth, but the growth had to come because I couldn't stay stuck. Like I couldn't just be faking it this whole time. So got myself into therapy. I've been in therapy for about a year and a half. Um, I'm a huge advocate for it. I think that um, there's a lot of stigma against it. There's a lot of, you know, I can't be vulnerable because I, you know, other people have it worse than me. That can't be the conversation because, you know, we all need, we all need to be needed and we all want to be wanted, but we never like let ourselves take care of our own self. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, a lot of growth happened through that and I spent a good couple of years really like, I, I, I laugh about it and I, and I say this all the time, but it's the truth. Like I really started kind of like dating myself, like 
we put so much effort and energy into dating someone else. Like I want to find out everything about them and I want to know what their favorite color is and what their favorite childhood vacation was and what they, you know, what's their, you know, what do they like to do on the weekends? And I'm going to dedicate, I'm going to take you out to dinner and I'm going to wine and dine you. We never do that to ourselves. We never actually like sit ourselves down and be like, what do you like? What don't you like? Are you, and, and I had to, and it's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't a romantic comedy where like, <laughs> it all works out. Like it was like a horror film. Like I had to sit there and go, do you even like doing this? Or is that even your favorite color? Like they're like, it's stupid, but yeah. I had to, I had to really like learn to like myself and I'm on that road right now. Like they, everybody talks about loving yourself. You gotta have self love. You gotta love your body. But do you even like yourself? Because you can't love yourself until you actually can tolerate being with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, but it does, for I, sure. I, I think that the podcast definitely made me look in the mirror um, a lot more clearly. And I knew that if I was going to do this and, and hopefully do it well, that I, I had to be authentic. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew it wasn't going to be pretty right away. And I think that, you know, if I can give myself flowers right now, I think that one thing I can appreciate in my own podcast is that it's really no bullshit. Like I posted a picture a couple weeks ago of me. Uh, well, my husband had taken it of me. I was sleeping um, with my dog next to me. And on the surface, it's this cute picture of me and my dog, but uh, the reality was, is that I couldn't get out of bed that day. And he took the picture to show that like my dog was next to me, like, you know, trying to be that support. And I, I I'm not saying I'm, I'm the only person who like is vulnerable on the internet, but yeah. I can say that I'm probably the only person in my friend group that is vulnerable on the internet. Yeah. And, and that's with that, that's with the platform. Like you have your personal Instagram that is very different for me than my my podcast Instagram and it's, it's almost like a double life, (laughs) but it's, but it's cool. I mean, I I'm way more honest on my podcast Instagram than I am in my, um, you know, regular uh, everyday Instagram that I barely even use. I think that's, I mean, there's a lot of important things to kind of unpack from, from what you just said. And, um, I get caught up in this a lot because I'm very guilty of, comparing my chapter one to someone's like chapter 30 and like you skip 29 chapters. It's like, there's so much that goes into, uh, cultivating uh, a podcast that gets thousands of downloads or an Instagram photography account that has thousands of followers. And, you know, you said you don't look at the analytics. I am trying to get better at not doing it because I know it's, it's a lot easier said than done in in my case, because I take so much pride out of the images that I produce out of these conversations that I have that I want more and more people to be exposed to them. And that's incredibly like conceited. And that is slightly arrogant, but the, the main takeaway, it would be the relatability. And what you said is that I've, 
for the first time in my life, figured out a lot of things. And I want to share yeah. the journey that it took for me to get here and hope that someone can relate to that. And whether that is finding a hobby and a passion like I have in both photography and this podcast, um, whether it is being more vulnerable with my friends and, and uh, trying to be relatable to them in a way that allows them to be vulnerable with me. Um, you know, we do get caught in this highlight reel of life where we don't have deep conversations with the people in our lives. And it's very difficult to ask difficult questions. And it's very easy to ignore um, things that are going on that might not be all sunshine and rainbows. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's an important takeaway. I mean, yeah, I like, I look at your life and you look extremely happy and smiley and you, you, you know, you, everything looks great. Like I would never know that you were struggling to get out of bed on a daily, you know, on some daily yeah. basis. Um, yeah. cause we, we've never had that conversation before. And I think it's such a great thing that we're having it now. And it's such a important indicator for what more people need to be doing like check up on your friends make sure people are okay i always think about you're you're 100 i always think about um i see it on the internet all the time of like pictures of like robin williams and travis oh. uh not travis barker excuse me chester can't remember his last Bennington. name from like in park and like yeah like um checking in on the people that usually check in on you like these like light up the room people and you know and I like really outgoing and 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 I, and I appreciate what you said that like you know from the outside looking in seeing my Instagram or my you know when I was on Facebook or whatever like I got off Facebook which was like I feel like I lost 10 pounds and it's, it's great Good. but um yeah. I I you want to talk about a dumpster fire <laughs> I um I appreciate, you know, the, the facade that, you know, it looks, and, and listen, I have a wonderful, it, relatively speaking, wonderful life, great people, you know, 90% um, of the time, all good. But that 10% is where, you know, where you live sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the, the, you know, on a, on a Monday, you're feeling like shit, or, you know, you're having you, something, you went through something or like, that's, that's the, I kind of think that's the best part only because you don't acknowledge the bad stuff as much as you want to acknowledge the good stuff. Totally. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard. And, and I, I almost want to challenge you because you said that, you know, you, you struggle with looking at the, you not looking at the analytics, which <laughs> I will tell you, I used to, you know, it's so much easier for me now, but to say this, I used to check it every day. Like, every day like multiple times a day and then I you know then you have that like you know oh my god why am I even doing this and who even cares and you know you lose sight of your why and I remember telling my husband um when this stops being fun I have to stop doing it yeah and because then I've lost sight of of my why so you said that you know you struggle with looking at it and that I feel like I'm interviewing you now but um <laughs> you struggle with looking at it and you, you have this pride and you want other people to, to kind of like be along that ride. I mean, can't you just be proud of yourself no, no matter what? No. Why? I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's my thing. That's the thing that I'm working on. You know? Yeah. I, I look mean, at, so am I. Who am I to, who am I to No, 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 I don't, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, the, my thing is like, 
it's well, in a perfect world in a perfect world sure yourself, no matter what. yeah exactly whether i got five likes on a photo or five thousand it shouldn't matter but at the end of the day you know that is something that matters right it's unfortunate we're just conditioned for it to feel that way and like i would like to get to the point where it doesn't but i'm not and I, similarly like i look at my life and i'm the most blessed most lucky i've got amazing friends family i've yeah. got the freedom to do whatever i want i'm like i'm truly 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 blessed but it's on also paper. on paper but it's also like yeah. easy for me to like view my life like i'm in a completely different place from everybody i know and you know i i everyone i know is, is married okay for you totally okay but yeah. but it it's only recently become that way i've only recently started like I don't give a fuck that I'm 35 and single. Who the who the fuck cares? Like maybe I'm going to meet. 35 is not no, 85. No. no, I know, but it, it in on 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 in facts, yes, it's not. Yeah. You know. Oh no, On I know. paper and on social media, it's just like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with John? He's 35 and single. And like I don't give a fuck at all. Trust me, I don't care. But I am in a completely different place than everyone else I know in my life. I'm single. I'm not married. I don't have kids like the whole nine yards and like that's fine. And I'm totally okay with that. 10 years ago, I wasn't okay with it. 10 years. I was like, fuck, why am I still single? Like, why are all my friends married? Why are they all engaged? You you should be single. Yeah. No, I I, listen, I wholeheartedly agree with you on all these points. My point is ultimately like everyone goes through their thing and, and trying to reconcile where they're at versus where someone else is goes back to the conversation of, I can't gauge my chapter 30 with your chapter 25. Right, the book won't make sense if you do. Exactly. And I think that, yeah, sorry, please. Yeah, I was going to say, we all experience time differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and that's kind of what I was saying with, like, it's not a race. Like, I, I, you do what you do when you do it. Like, I I have an older brother. He is closer to your age, um, and he struggled a lot with, like, me doing things either before or at the same time as him Mm -hmm. because I was his little sister. Sure. So it's like, but you know, I even would have to challenge him and being like, but who said you have to do things first or I have to do things in a certain, you know, we got married 11 months apart. We bought our houses around the same time. Um, I ended up going to school and finishing school before he did. And like that, I think came with a lot of shame and, you know, there was like this very affectionate way of like being referred to as like his big little sister. (laughs) And like, I was kind of like, it doesn't really matter. You know, there's these rules that I think, you know, we, we establish either ourselves or people establish for us that we're just supposed to abide by. And um, I kind of just want to call bullshit on that because like my, I have a really good friend um, single, you know, kind of always like, oh, you know, why am I still single? And I want to get married and I want to have kids and I want to start my family and I want to move out of my parents' house and I want, I want, I want. And yeah, you're going to want, I want a lot of things too. And it's like, but, you know, we don't get to, we don't get to choose. We don't get to pick. And and I think you're doing a great job in, in, number one, like being like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's cool. I don't, you know, I'm happy. And like finding that sweet spot of like, yeah, I want these things, but here's where I'm at right now. And I can't be miserable now because I want to be happy five years from now. Like totally. you have to be able to do it now totally. because, you know, I, I think we always were taught to just look forward, look forward, look forward and like, okay, cool. Yeah. You should, you should have dreams and aspirations and goals, but 
What about right now? What about you're, Thursday? You're, you're what about Friday? Right. A hundred percent. I mean, a thousand percent, right? I, I literally say the same thing because you're always like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Like where, where, do you, what degree are you going to get? You know, the whole nine yards. And we don't spend the important time on focusing on the now. Um, I, I, I totally get like what your brother feels like. I've got a younger brother who's had his entire life planned out since he was a little kid and he is now married ultra successful, killing life, three kids, white picket fence, the whole nine yards. I have no jealousy. I have no, uh, you know, FOMO for that at all. And like, I would understand why someone would, I'm like just extremely proud of him. Like in, in my best man speech for him, which I fucking killed by the way, it was such a good speech, (laughs) crushed it. Um, I said, I was like, you know, you are my younger brother, but I, will always look up to you. And like there is this fallacy that because age denotes wisdom or denotes success and it's just not true. And I'm not successful or I'm not not successful because I have less money than my brother or I don't have a wife or kids. And similarly for your brother, it's the same thing. It's just, we have different paths and our books are written in different orders and there's nothing wrong with that. I was just going to very rudely interrupt you um, and say like the what came to mind when you were like my brother has the white picket fence the three kids the you know the success the blah 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 and you have this this and this nowhere does it say that those things have to be identical they're just mm-hmm. different paths like I had people who had this yeah, I, I really don't want to sound like an asshole but like this like jealousy because of the things that I was doing at a certain time and they weren't nowhere did it say that you had to do exactly what I was currently or planned on doing like I have to disagree that's with the you thing that I think- they say they do say it on Instagram yeah they, they, they do say it in media and TVs and movies and everywhere right. else they say you're right it. you're right you're right. And, I, and right. I don't mean I, to disagree with you, but it's if they, no, if we didn't have these unrealistic expectations of what our lives should be, we wouldn't ever have the feeling like we're not good enough. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's a whole other issue, but it's like, that's where these resentments build in families and friendships. And well, you have the thing that I have, or like, you know, I finished college and I got a job. Okay. Well, what about the person who didn't want to go to college? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that there's that right or wrong when there doesn't need to be. Like my husband went to trade school for whatever it was, 13 months or I don't, I don't know. It was a long time ago, but like that, that was his path. And I mean, it was the smarter path. No shit. So I'm like, no shit. You know, who's laughing now where he walks out of there with, you know, his, his trade and a job and, and, and that's, and he's good. And we're all like, Oh, I went to this prestigious school that ultimately didn't, not that it didn't do anything for me. It didn't do anything. I didn't didn't start. Right. Okay, fine. I didn't start really learning how to be a teacher until I was a teacher. hundred percent. We can have trial by fire. We can have a whole other episode talking about the pitfalls of college and university and how it doesn't pay at all, especially with the economics of it. Oh my God. And I think it's so funny because I've seen so many things um, recently where it's like, no job has ever asked for proof of going to college. Like, hey, can I see your degree? Like, they're just like, oh, you went to this school, right? And I, it's like, I could have faked it this whole time. I applied for for an investment banking job straight out of college. I did have to provide my transcripts. So some do. 
Okay, ultimately, I I did and too. you would think but, that a teacher would as well, but you probably didn't. You're you're probably correct. I had to give them um, my maybe even it was my transcripts, but also like my praxis score, which was like the the test you take to be a teacher. Oh, and it's it yeah, it's it's very. I remember like studying for a year, crying all the time, and you take the test right, and it gives you the score right away. So like you're sitting there like waiting and and you put so much emphasis on like this has to be what i like i have to pass i have to do this thing and it's like i like did i even i, I love my job i don't want to sound like an asshole but like did i even want to be a teacher do you know what i mean where it's like you put you, you put probably, this out there you probably had an inkling that is something that you wanted to do and through five six seven eight years of doing it now it's reaffirmed the fact that like even though you didn't know you wanted to do it in your 20s you made the right decision long term yeah. um i love it yeah. i do i i i love it for kind of the same reason that i love my podcast like teaching older kids yeah comes with like Headaches. things that i hate yeah oh yeah but it's the it's the rapport. It's the conversations. It's giving them a perspective that is different than their parents. Mm. Like a lot of these kids really absorb like what their parents say and what their parents think. And and I can be that that like outside perspective. That's like, mm, let's more. think about it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that's the best part of my job. And uh, but no, I wanted to be an actor. I love that. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to, I, I, I pursued it for, for more like in my childhood. Like I did like modeling stuff. Oh, I sound so douchey. <laughs> I did, uh, modeling stuff. I did, um, commercials and, and I had, you know, I was represented by a company and it was awesome. And then I kind of was like, I need to quit because this isn't going to be something that I can do as a career. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it died. And and I'm, I always think about like, what would have happened if I said, no, I, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, but then I think about like, it, is it really all that's it? Is it, is it worth it? Because I see these celebrities or, you know, people who are in that industry and they're miserable and they're, you know, I'm, I'm very heavily, uh, it, you know, invested in the Britney Spears stuff right now. So it's like, it's crazy. Like, duh, I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right being your your average Joe, so I, to speak. I've, uh, you know, I'm 35. I think when you start realizing that at the end of the day, people are just people, whether they are the police officer, the judge, the doctor, the actor, the musician, doesn't matter what the thing is that you do. We're just people. Some people have it figured mm-hmm. out. Some people really don't. And others are just trying to figure it out. And I think yeah. the sooner you realize that everyone is having the same shared experience in their own way, shape, or form, the easier it is to relate to people and understand, you know, both their positives and negatives as, as people. Um, so yeah, for sure. I like to, uh, spend the last uh, little bit of every, of my, uh, podcast episodes asking a couple rapid fire questions. Um, some are like yes or no. Some you can dive into as deeply as you want. Um, but my first question is going to be where I, uh, practice self-control and not going off on, on tangents. No, tangent away. No, no, no. Please. We're going to keep it simple. (laughs) Okay. All right. Are are you happy? (laughs) Yes. Good. What's your biggest fear? getting old. <laughs> I'm so scared of being 
elderly. Now, if I can, let just indulge me for a second. My first job was um, at a senior citizen, like uh, assisted living. Mm. And I started there when I was 16 and I worked there for 10 years. So I, oh my gosh, the things that I saw and like, you know, you, you see, and it sounds really like, I don't want to, you just see deterioration Mm. and seeing somebody who lived you know, relatively speaking, independently when they arrive and the way that, you know, it, it, I I saw a lot in those 10 years. And, um, I just have this fear of like, not being able to like, take care of myself or like hold a fork or, you know, uh, I just, it's literally so scary. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of getting old. Hmm. Um, I had my grandmother passed away really both my grandparents on my dad's side passed away really young. My dad was my dad, excuse me. My grandfather was 58, oh, wow. um, which at the time you're like, Oh, old. Cause I was seven. Mm-hmm. And then now being like my dad's 57. Um, and then my grandmother passed away when she was 68 again, young to me um, from Alzheimer's. And that's if we can like, you know, partner that like getting old but also not remembering those are like big fears and then of course like you know uh, spiders that fly (laughs) right like like that's pretty scary too Uh, fair i'm with you on a lot of that um the alzheimer thing definitely freaks me out um dying is a fear of mine but i think it's more so dying without feeling like i've accomplished the things that i want to do yeah um but yeah i I relate to a lot of that for sure um what are you most proud of Mm. oh that's really tough um personally Mm -hmm. like not with okay um could be anything i'm i'm proud of no, I just mean like I, I would love to say like I'm proud of like other people, but I I, I shouldn't do that. I should talk about myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just who I am to be like, oh, my friends. Um, I'm really proud of the steps that I've taken in the last couple of years to figure who figure out who I actually am. Um, and I think that in turn has made me proud of myself in a way that I've never been I've if you were to ask me two years ago are you proud of yourself I would have been like for what no (laughs) whereas now I think you know there's there's like a shame in you know like being your own fan um I'm proud of starting a podcast for sure uh it's really vulnerable uh to put yourself out there so yeah I think I'm proud of like dating myself and, and learning to like myself and being on that road. Um, it's not easy, but there's, there's pride in there. There can be pride, even though it's also difficult. I like that. What inspires you and what gives you confidence? Ooh, these are really hard questions. <laughs> uh, what inspires me? My friends definitely inspire me. Um, I have the greatest group of people i've had the same best friends since i was 11 um my yeah i i'm very very loyal to the people in my life um unless i cut you out sorry um (laughs) that wasn't my fault um my one friend is a is a lawyer my other friend is like an accountant but is 
like super successful. My other friend is like super high up in, in her field and like professionally they're killing it, but also personally they're just, I surround myself with the most supportive, positive, just good, good people. Um, and they inspire me to, to uh, give myself flowers too. Um, I think that they, they're really good at calling me on my bullshit. Um, my one best friend, I love her, but I also, she drives me crazy because <laughs> every time I say something negative about myself, whether it's like body image stuff or like the self-deprecating humor that I have, she makes me say three nice things about myself, like which that. is the most infuriating. No, it's the most infuriating thing. Cause when you're like, Oh, I look gross today. Whatever, she'll be like, saying three nice things. It's the last thing you want to do. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this right now. She's like, you better. So, um, th- th- my friends inspire me. Um, I mean, I really look up to people who, uh, are kind of similar in the way that I am of like being in the trenches and not, uh, be having this like holier than thou, um, perspective on on their own life. So generally speaking, I, I really try to curate like my Instagram feed or or things like that with people who only make me feel good about myself. Um, so I, I started unfollowing a lot of profiles that made me sad when I looked at them, like Victoria's Secret or, uh, you know, celebrities that, you know, just, ugh. but um <laughs> Yeah, that inspires me. And then what was the second part of the question? What gives you confidence? Uh, my humor. Um, I would like to say, if I can, that I most days would find myself, I find myself funny. Um, <laughs> but so do I. that actually, yeah, that's a, that's a, a big confidence point with, with me because I do have a good enough ability to make people laugh. Um and I, I don't know, I think maybe this is like a fault, but I love the feeling of someone laughing at something I've said. Totally. Isn't that like such a good feeling? There's nothing better. How can you not be confident in that? Yeah. Like you say something and someone loses their shit and you're like, <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm amazing. I'm with I'm you. 100%. Um, yeah. So that, that makes me confident for sure. And I think that, y- you know, just not taking yourself too seriously. Amen. What's your favorite book? Orbiting Jupiter by Gary D. Schmidt. Hmm. Uh, If you have not read it, it's, oh man, it's, it's, it's beautiful and simple. And I read it to my students every year. Um, and I cry every year. How embarrassing. Like I Not lose my mind in front of 14 year olds and they're like, <laughs> and it's like the beginning of the year too. And they're like, my teacher's fucking weird. <laughs> um, so that's probably my favorite book. And then you're supposed to say like the great Gatsby too, uh, which is uh, again, another I, favorite, I mean, I like but it, yeah. I just, I have a really big problem. Oh God, here we go. I have a really big problem with like people who are readers or English teachers or, and have to be like, oh, you need to only like, you know, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison or, you know, The Great Gatsby or Hemingway. You can like, yeah, yeah, you can like, 
yeah, I don't know. Harry Potter. The Gossip Girl series. I've never read it. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can still be a reader and, and not be so, like, obnoxious about it. But that's like people with anything. Like, you know, my next question being, what's your favorite movie? And it's like, if you don't say something that's, like, by Alfred Hitchcock or, you know, Ugh. something, whatever. You know, people get indignant about, like, the thing that's, like, their thing. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm allowed to like old right. school just as much as I'm allowed to like a critically acclaimed, acclaimed movie. It doesn't matter. Uh, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I um, I follow this uh, this subreddit. I don't know if you're on Reddit. Um, I'm not. That stuff's yeah. fire. As well. <laughs> um, I follow this subreddit on books. And because I'm a huge reader. Like, that's that's something that I, uh, if I don't, you can't really see, but there's like a huge no, case behind me. Um, that's overflowing. I, I no longer have room. Um, but I, I love books. I love reading. And this subreddit is just bullshit because people are like, you know, you have to only like these, these, you know, very famous. Listen, I've read the classics. They suck. <laughs> Not a lot all of them. Of them. Suck. <laughs> a lot of them suck. I read, um, I started to read, like, I don't want to say the names because, like, different strokes for different folks. But I'm like, I'm a teacher and this book sucks. Yeah. Um, I, 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 The Handmaid's Tale. Love the show. I think it is one of the best TV shows. The books suck. Really? Yeah. And I, I very rarely say that. Wow. They're okay. They're not, like... Oh my god, this book is so good! I can't put it down. It's like, yeah, I had to force myself to read both of them. Wow. There's two of them. I'm shocked. Um, I didn't expect that. I have them on my uh, Amazon cart, but I haven't bought them just because I like the show so much that I thought, mm, what if I don't like the it? Show and... is so good. So good. The Are you caught show. up? Yeah, I, fin- I finished it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I, uh, good. It's so good. Although I do laugh a lot at how they do like the close-ups of just like. You know, Elizabeth Moss's character, like, for, like, 30 seconds, and you're like, okay, we get it. Stop. Well, she, she, directed a, she directed a lot of episodes this year, so. I that did was see her. that, and I'm like, was she just like, I need a minute, you know? like my, This season was know, super I do, good. I love it. Yes, yeah, so good. She, I just, everybody in that show is so good that mm-hmm. you, like, you forget. I Me, I forget their acting. Yeah. Like, Serena's character, I'm like, wow, if... If I found her in a corner, like, I just want to talk, you know, I just want to talk, but I'm going to beat the shit out of her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I will say that the show is better than the books. Nice. Well, um, I won't read it then. No, you should. You should. You still should. I mean, they're, <laughs> oh, fuck. See? Um, I, can I answer the, my own question of favorite movie? Yeah. Well, that, that right. was the next uh, question. I mean, you didn't ask me, but I knew no, that was that the was next, the next question. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a split. Hmm. I don't know. It's that. An even split because oh. I cannot decide between. No, not split. That movie was like, shit. Wow. But no. Although James McAvoy is really good. Um, it's a split between The Shawshank Redemption and Walk the Line. Hmm. I mean, Shawshank. Very different movie. Shawshank, all time classic. Walk the Line. Um, Watch yourself here. Listen, I love Johnny Cash. Me too. Joaquin Phoenix did a very good job. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the only reason I'm gonna like defend myself here, um, you don't have to. I. <laughs> it's not like I'm, I'm gonna, not. I'm, not I'm, like gonna, I'm on trial here. <laughs> um, I'm like a hundred years old, 
So like you look I great. really you look I don't really know, good for your age. <laughs> it's the it's the night cream. Yeah. Um no, I just I think I grew up really quick when I was young because like of like circumstances. Um but I've always enjoyed like Johnny Cash's music and 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 that you know um that type of vibe like I I I I grew up, you know, my friends grew up like watching, you know, kids shows and and my parents, maybe it was an immigrant thing, but like I was six years old watching ER, NYPD Blue, the Drew Carey show, like (laughs) the Sopranos, like six years old. And I'm like, put it on HBO, let's go. (laughs) Um, And same thing with music. My dad was a a DJ uh, part time. And so I grew up listening to Brian Adams, Bon Jovi, um, the cranberries. Like I, I did not listen to uh, Kesha. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, uh, wake up in the morning. Right. Uh, no, I, I mean I did, of course, but like I remember like getting my first iPod and putting um, uh, meatloaf and 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 my and my blue, excuse me. Um, you know Bon Jovi and Brian Adams and like different stuff who's 12 listening to that and so johnny cash uh i i don't know what it was i just i loved everything about him and uh when the movie came out it like really you know enforced that but i will say that i didn't love a lot of the focuses of that movie um because i think that there was more to, to talk about than just like the relationship aspect of it um but i do love johnny cash a lot so that's where it comes from but Listen, i have the soundtrack i'm with you i love johnny cash uh you could put it on in almost any scenario in your life happy sad working out whatever it's yeah. great it applies to like fucking everything yeah the movie was okay Oof. Sorry. Ooh, tough <laughs> All right. Is like, it a Reese Witherspoon thing? No, nah, fu- like I love Reese Witherspoon. Me too. Love her. I do too. Love, 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 I do love. Too. No, I just she's I, probably my favorite actress. I'll rewatch it. You know, I haven't seen it probably in like twelve okay. plus I mean, years. Listen, yeah. I, also, I mean, I, I watch everything. So just because I have an ill connotation for something now doesn't mean I didn't like it at the time. But I, I remember I yeah. saw it two or three times when it first came out, and I was like, eh, you know. Because like Ray came out a year or two later, and Ray was fucking amazing. Jamie Fox killed it. Ray. Oh, see, yeah. I mean, I also don't really like Jamie Fox. Oh, that's all right. I mean, I, you know, he's played a lot of weird characters, but like he was incredible as Ray. Incredible. So I'm sure, it's all right. You know, listen, I'll that's watch it I again. About, um, I will report back on on my updated philosophy on Walk the Line. I'm, Shawshank, obviously, I'm, classic, top ten for sure. Shawshank, you just like, oh my god, it's just. Every time it's so good. hundred percent. Um, I, oh, I just, I, I, a couple of years ago, my husband had never seen it. So I was like, we have to watch this and it ended. And I have like, you know, when it's the movie you like, you're like, what do you think? Uh, he was like, it was, it was good. I'm like, that's it. It's, what do you, what the fuck? What you know what I mean? Good. So I'm like, <laughs> right. It, it was great. Um, but that, but with your Jamie Foxx is kind of how I feel about, um, like Denzel Washington. Like he's done so much, but my favorite thing by Denzel Washington is John Q. Oh my God. What a good movie. Or, yeah. Right. Like you forget about that was such a good movie. Yeah. Um, but he's amazing in yeah. everything. Literally everything. Oh, so good. He's um, so good. My last question. It's a doozy. Do you believe in an afterlife? 
That's a crazy question. <laughs> I like to save it for last. <laughs> you should start with that. What's your favorite movie? An easy question to friggin' answer. Um, do I believe in an afterlife? I struggle with that because I am I'm very rooted in like everything needs to have an answer. Like a question needs to have an answer. Hmm. And I really struggle with that with like my faith because you're just supposed to believe something. Um, I was a, I was a CCD kid. So like I, you know, you went once a week (laughs) and you hated every minute of it. And you, and you know, you made your communion, your confirmation, and then you went on Christmas Eve and Easter for, and that was it. Like I never was somebody who like, felt that they had to go to church mm-hmm. to believe in something. Totally the same. Um, and then, you know, life kind of gives you some some shitty circumstances where, like, your best friend dies for no reason and, you know, your dad gets sick and, you know, all these things. I mean, you learn from it and you grow and it's life. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I think I would like to be- – I want to believe that there's an – I really do because – I otherwise what's the point sometimes yeah yeah and that's that's what I struggle with too is like sometimes you know you want the success and you want the the fortune and the and all of the big house and you know being around pool whatever and then you think about it you're like well what's the fucking point we're all gonna die and I hate that's those are the questions that like keep me up so I but, will uh I will say that my relationship with religion has waned as I've gotten later in life because I have fundamental issues at hand with like my church and whatnot saying who can marry who and like all this shit that fundamentally is completely irrelevant to religion. Religion should be inclusive. I was was rooting. I was rooting for the Pope until he came out and was like, "Mm." so like religion should be inclusive instead of exclusive. My thought process on an afterlife is it just seems highly unlikely to me that human beings just popped out of a primordial pool of fucking shit a billion years ago and like we've somehow come from monkeys to fucking human beings to like i've got a supercomputer in my pocket so to me it just doesn't seem plausible that this was an accident there has to be something out there bigger than ourselves and listen Maybe it's just us, a generation of human beings that are no longer around. Maybe it is a godlike creature. Who the fuck knows? Man, woman, black, white, orange, yellow, orangutan. I don't care what the hell it is. Yeah, I'd like to have wings. Yeah, right, exactly. There's got to, there must be more. It is just so improbable that this is it. It's impossible. I just refuse to believe it. And I've I've also. That helps. Yeah. That helps. Because there's logic attached to it. Yeah. So, but it's my me, logic, so it's not completely logical. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm just like you're. You're gonna say that I said you need to give people flowers. I'm gonna take that logic and and take it as fact because I. I mean, I've lost so many important people in my life, and there's been times where like you you know that they're still around and they've got your back and and that has to mean something like i can't tell you my best friend's name was jackie oh my gosh i miss her all the time and there's been so many times where i've been like i i you know i talk to her in my head like i'm talking to you and i'll turn on the tv or the radio or something and the first word that comes out of the person's mouth is 
Jackie. Huh. And I'm like, that's not an accident. Yeah. Like that can't be. 100%. So I, those are the times where I'm like, okay, you got me. Like <laughs> I know. Um, and I think that, that that's when it comes to an afterlife, I think it goes hand in hand with like being able to have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and faith is like you said, it's, it's tough mm-hmm. because it's not, it's no longer like here's something that you can believe it's become like here's something you need to believe but only you can believe it you're not allowed to even come into the door and you can only come in if you give me a donation every six months (laughs) like i i didn't want to get married in a church because i don't really go to church and if i wanted to get married in a church because i'm not a part of that church or whatever whatever the reason was they wanted a donation okay what's the donation like $2,000 like that's what's what yeah so that those things that part of it and listen I know you got to keep the lights on I understand that but but they they rub fundamentally up against the teachings of the thing that they're supposed to be doing it's become so uh, it's just become so skewed Mm -hmm. and and I am a firm believer in like I don't need to go to church to believe in what I believe in couldn't agree um And, and that's where a lot of people get really put into this box of like, you're not a Christian or a Catholic or a practicing or practicing any religion. If you're not following by their rules, well, God didn't make the rules. Yeah, we did. (laughs) We did. Like, I don't believe me. Yeah, no. Some guy uh, told uh, some other guy to etch it on some fucking stones uh, 2000 years ago. It's like, come on, let's guys, come on, call spades. I, I, I. (laughs) I really have, I really struggle with, and not to get into this like theological, you know, whatever, but I really struggle with people who, you know, take the Bible and they're like, this is, this is what it says. And I'm like, the Bible says you shouldn't get a haircut. Yeah. Like (laughs) fundamentally. And like, I'm, I'm all for people having their own thing. Like you can be and say whoever you want, but like. Do your thing. Yeah. I've got an issue with it. Yeah. A, a big one because those are the same people that will somehow make excuses for the fact that their priest like fucking jerked off a 13 year old boy dude you're or and or like that it's just kind of and I, listen i i i am not like shitting on people who are religious not like, at you all, all to, each their to, own. In, to each their own but i think that there's a difference between believing in something because it's it's at your core what you believe but also using on the other side of it, using that belief as an excuse to spew hate. Mm, truth. That, like, you can't put lipstick on that pig and say, like, I am, I, I'm a God-fearing person, and that's why I don't allow, you know, you can't come into my house if you're this color or if you love this person or if you believe differently than I do. That's not, that's not being a God-fearing person. That's just being an asshole or a bigot yeah truth yeah and i'm you know i i have a very like open door policy like anything goes when it comes to like you want to come to my house you come as you are actually that's my um that's my uh doormat doormat (laughs) it's literally come as you are um where i took it as like this like philosophical beautiful thing and my husband's like oh like the song i was just gonna say isn't that a nirvana song (laughs) it is a nirvana song so we had like he's whatever it's double meaning (laughs) um but it but it i mean i think it still holds true like 
who am I to judge you? I'm like, who am I? I'm you as wanna... faulted and as broken and as fucked up as everyone else. Right. And it, and I think that's a really nice full circle moment of like, we're all kidding ourselves. If I can look at someone else and say, I'm better than you because you want to wear a skirt and, <laughs> and you, you know, like you do whatever. Actually, that's a really good book. If you uh, think coming back to it, the 57 bus nonfiction, um, taken from it's a book that is all um it's about somebody who does i don't want to give things away but does something to somebody just because they're a man wearing a skirt and it's all about um or everything from the book is taken from police records um eyewitness interviews character witnesses um but it's written as a story so it's not like it's not uh like dull Mm -hmm. But it's really all about, it's about somebody who, true story, this happened in um, California, in Oakland. And it was all about somebody who set someone else on fire for wearing a skirt. Well, you preempted my final question, which is, what was one recommendation for everyone, you know, book, podcast, movie, something, etc. So you um, got it. No, there that's not go. fair. That's not even a good one. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a great book. But damn. All right. Um, you can give me another. Just one recommendation of something you've consumed lately. Could be a TV show, a movie, podcast, book, whatever. Just something that you've uh, recently digested that you would like everyone to check out. Um, it's not super recent, but I think it's important nonetheless. On Netflix, there's a documentary series. It's called When They See Us. Have you have you uh, I haven't heard seen of it. this? No. Oh, okay. Everybody, I think it's such an important thing to consume. Because it just shows how easy it is to be manip- manipulated by people uh, mm-hmm. and how much easier it is um, as a person of color. So it's a it's the true story of the Central Park Five. Oh, the, uh, okay. Five yeah. kids. I didn't watch it. I, kids, I, I, yeah. Children. 13. Yeah. Yeah. Who were charged with um, raping a girl when they did not do it. Falsely accused. Mm-hmm. Uh, falsely imprisoned for like 25 years. And the uh, process of that. And then partnering that, when they see us, um, the show, it's five episodes, very, very hard to get through, but so important that you stick with it. And then right after that, like when the show is over, they'll have like a recommendation right at the end at Netflix. There's an interview. Oprah does an interview with the with the actors, but then also with the the real people who lived through this. Um, so important because... Uh, it's really easy to to throw stones when, you know, you're especially right now in the climate that we have. Um, and I that's why I'm such a huge advocate for reading and for consuming things that actually like are worth your time, because you put yourself in that person or those people's shoes for the 300 pages or for the couple of hours of the show and you walk away with a different perspective Um and I think that's what makes you a, a, a more well-rounded or empathetic person because you've you've been in, you know, engulfed in that for that amount of time. And, uh, that's, that's why I like reading more than I like watching TV because you become that character and you can't walk away from that book the same as the way you entered it. Um, but with the show, so good. I'll check it out for sure. So hard to get through the fifth episode. I, I watched all four episodes in one day and I had to go to sleep. So I, I didn't watch the fifth episode. I got up at like four o'clock in the morning and like I had to, I couldn't not finish it. And uh, I would be lying if I said I didn't 
ugly cry the entire time. I can imagine. My uh, it's good. My recommendation is a book I just completed called Film for Her. It's like a collection of poetry and art, you know, stories and such. Um, by this like she's a poet turned in- Instagram personality person whatever and I th- i'm gonna butcher her last name her name's like orion carlito or some carnito something i can't pronounce but i'll i'll, I'll tag in the show notes she uh, has written two books the first one was i think just strictly poetry i haven't bought it yet um film for her i picked up because i follow her on instagram but i shoot primarily film photography um well yeah. maybe not so much lately but for the most part a lot of my photography work is done uh, via film and uh, i just really loved how she kind of uh, incorporated these images that she took of her life and her surroundings and incorporated them with like these, uh, you know, poems or, or short stories that she's writing along with the images. And I don't know, it was just really, really great. I'll, I'll link it in the, the notes below. Uh, she's, she's pretty sweet. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. I had such a good thank time. You. This was such a tremendously awesome chat. Um, Really look forward to obviously us doing it again. And uh, yeah. like I said earlier, yeah, yeah. we are family. It's nice to not meet you yet, but you know, we, <laughs> we, we've been talking for eight years. I've, I've you know, we'll, we'll grab yeah. a beer sometime soon. But thank, thank you so much 100%. for coming on. Thank you for having me. I had the best time. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take care.